2: Hello, friends, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. You are listening to the Friday follow-up for Season 12, Episode 13, Pings. This week, we heard Bob break down all the location data. It was packed full of info. We heard a ton about the different towers, which I want to get into. I'm joined with Bob and Janet. And right after this break, we'll get into your listener
0: questions.
3: The Ford Ranger, a vehicle for all terrains and every passion. It's a workmate, a playmate, and to its drivers, a soulmate. So how do you
0: improve the Ford Ranger? You go all in. The all-new Ford Ranger, the UK's best-selling pickup. Now available with rear bumper steps, tailgate workbench, and enlarged
3: load box that can fit a Euro pallet. Go break it in search all new Ford Ranger Ford pro driving productivity. According to SMMT data features, maybe optional extras with additional cost.
1: All right, we are back. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, this is a rare, very rare evening recording of the Friday follow-up. It is 8 PM for Zach and I, and a smooth 5 PM for Janet over on the West, <laughs> over on the West coast. And uh, Zach and I are both have a glass of bourbon And Janet's drinking iced tea. So that's the time difference for you there. Mm -hmm. i got a ton of people on YouTube Live. I want to touch on a couple things. One, uh, shirts. So you guys are here this Friday. Everyone should have your West Memphis Three shirts. They started getting delivered on Monday. I guess the post office, even on holidays, still delivers packages because people were getting them yesterday. Mm. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, But then on, uh, on Tuesday, most people got them. Uh, most of you on social media know they didn't come out looking quite like the proof, and and I'm believe me, I'm not thrilled about it either. Other people weren't, but kind of is what it is. The uh the the vendor that handled making and shipping the shirts is standing by that work, and hey, it was for a good cause anyway, right? All the money went to Damien's uh Damien's defense, fund of the expert witness, so. Uh, I want to thank you guys all again for all of your support with that. It's all going uh, going there, paying for the expert witness, paying for the defense and future DNA testing that hopefully we're going to get approved. It would have been yesterday for you guys. For us, it's still a couple days away. Zach and I are leaving in the morning. Um, and as far as if you're listening to this today, you missed it. Uh, I was going to say to uh, follow like my Instagram, because like when we do breaks uh, for those for this, for the people in YouTube live for you to know on Thursday during the hearing, anytime there's a break and they get a chance to step out, I'll try to jump on YouTube live and kind of update you guys on how things are going throughout the day. That'll be on my personal Instagram, which is at Bob Ruff truth. So follow me there for those deets. Uh, Zach and I are leaving in uh, first thing in the morning to drive down to Memphis a nice fun bob and zach road trip love uh, it and so should be a good time i'm hoping so Yep, at least. i'm excited about sharing a hotel with you buddy it's gonna be fun
3: it's gonna be something, <laughs> yeah, it'll be something. it's going to be something
1: <laughs> all right so uh we're gonna get right into your guys questions first as usual i want to circle through i think janet's your turn to go first what were your thoughts on the episode do you have any burning questions or thoughts when you were listening
3: um i mean i I don't think I did. I, I was my first honestly my first question to myself was I wonder what everyone else is going to say because we have a lot of people and I wasn't surprised when I started seeing the questions um that were rolling in that th- that people were able to kind of get into the weeds with the technicalities mm-hmm. uh, better than I could. Um I listened I had to listen to this episode uh, a couple times cuz I wanted to try to keep track of everything and um it's definitely it's definitely very interesting. I'm yeah, I'm excited to get into some of these questions that I wouldn't have even thought to ask.
1: I am, too. As a matter of fact, we're going to get into it, but one of the questions someone asked. and I love it when this happens. Uh, I put it in there. But somebody asked a question that I didn't think of. And when I was thinking through how I could answer that, it like it was kind of a light bulb moment for me, which we'll get into in a, in a minute. But that's 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 my favorite part of the follow ups When people ask something that triggers something that generates some new thoughts about so, we'll get
2: into that. Zach, what were your thoughts? There's something you stumbled on in this episode that I think could be really big, and I'm excited to hear more about it. That's the day of text messages from Robert. Right. That, as you alluded, you don't have any information. We don't know if he made any text. I mean, we do know he made texts, correct? He made texts to Becky. We have proof of that. Yeah. Not that day, but that week, for that
1: weekend, for sure. There were texts that went back and forth that we only see on Becky's side of things.
2: So we know he was texting. So did... So no text record is huge cuz like you said in the episode that could be an alibi sure. right there.
1: Yeah, that that could be the end to the state's case to be honest if they if they have those records or are able to get those records and it was just another one of those. Is the reason why people have asked me if they could help me write like with writing the show and I've always said I can't because it's, it's like my process when I'm writing them that's when I'm really studying and r- chasing down rabbit holes in the case and when they you know I'm I'm going through his, I, w- I was verifying something in his police statement, you know, so I'm always looking because I want to give you some context. So like if the phone records show this so I can go back. So like, the, you know, for example, he says I called Sacred Heart Church to check and make sure that or see if there was a mass. There wasn't. That's what he said. Or that's what he, that's what he said. Then he cross referenced that to the police reports. So I was doing something like that. And I came across Marty text. My cousin Marty text me and wanted me to get him some chapsticks. We went down to the AM PM, which I already knew that. But then, I, then I was like, wait a minute. He said text. And I just went through and Mm -hmm. realized his text records aren't in here. The timeline is so tight. And my I still maintain it's impossible. That drive is is absolutely impossible. We're gonna get more. I know there's questions, but we're gonna get more into the drive. I didn't have time last week to dig into it, so I just kind of gave you the little teaser about it. But for any human being to make that drive in 38 minutes is absolute nonsense. I mean, that's got you know, now granted you have a professionally trained high-speed driver in a police vehicle that has special suspension with zero fear of being pulled over. But even with that, man, that's like 38 minutes is is bananas. But as I said, 38 minutes still, for it to be 38 minutes, that means, first of all, it's still one minute too long. But even let's say it wasn't. Let's say that was the perfect amount of time. For that to be the case, that means the fire was lit at the extreme far most possible end of the window of time the expert gave even though she said it was closer to 20 right. but it could have been up to 30 so if you go all the way to 30 as soon as they lit that fire within seconds they're in a car speeding down that road with nobody seeing them that which you know and, and like Jim and I and I think a lot of people agree seems unlikely they were in a car seems like they probably walked but that would have to be the case then they would have had to he would have had to grab his phone and dialed his voicemail at the very second he crossed into the range of Tower 88, so like if he just waited another mile into uh, into that range, it's too late. He's out of time. Like or if he was, that means it's too late. So so that that's just like it to me. The 38 minute drive time felt a lot like for anybody who's ever bought a house when you put an offer on a house and then they send out an appraiser and say you offer two hundred thousand dollars for this house. And then the appraiser comes back and goes, it appraised for exactly two hundred dollars. Like it's the, it's always the exact amount, right? Uh, but it felt a lot like that. But 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 so so we already know there's there's big issues there, big issues there. And then he says, I made that text to Marty. Why? Well, well, and I'll get into how I know because I know there's a question about it. But uh, that's that was verified by Marty. He texted him, asked him to go get him some chapstick. Well, where that falls in the timeline? If he got a text from Marty. And connect, and it connected, and went through even one minute before ten twenty three, much less ten fifty. Because we have a a twenty eight minute span of time where where we don't know if he had coverage or not. So say that text came through at ten ten. He's done. The, the case, the case is the state's case is over. It's gone. It's there's no possible way to explain that away. I'm not saying that's the case because we don't have those records right now. But it's a huge, huge, huge deal. So. Uh, with that being said, yep. I think we should probably get into these listener questions.
3: Well, yeah, and we've already touched on a couple of them just in the conversation that we've had so far. I mean, Tony definitely asked a question that I think a lot of people wanted to just make absolutely sure they understood, which is, are the cell phones in evidence to be able to see the content of the text messages? As you've said, at this point, we, have, we don't even know a timing record, much less no, the content. No, we don't
1: have any transcripts of any texts. For some reason we have Javier's text records, we have Becky's text records, we have Jacob's text records, but we don't have Christian or um Robert's text records. We only have calls for them.
3: Got it. Also that comes up very quickly as we're all listening to you kind of talk about this on the episode and now Jackie says, "So Robert and Christian's attorneys didn't present the timing impossibilities at trial?"
2: They
1: did. Like they raised the 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 issues there, but so the prosecution had presented it and I've only, by the way, I've read this stuff in the trial, trial transcript like six months ago. So, you know, we'll get into closing arguments and all that stuff later. So don't quote me on this. But, yeah, I mean, the, the prosecution presented. See, first of all, the prosecution used, instead of 946, the time I used, they used 945. And they said because they got on scene at 912, it would take about three minutes to put the to get the hoses pulled out and put the fire out, 945. I went to the dispatch log and see he reported the body in the wheelbarrow at uh, 1014. So even though they got on scene at 1012, it wasn't until two minutes later when he finished his 360, found the body. So we know, and they kind of like, oh, that could take about one minute. Well, it took two. We know that. We have the timestamp. And he said after he reported it, then he ordered the fire, you know, the, the crew to extinguish the fire. I know from personal experience, I think two minutes is a fair estimate there. I'll concede. It could be, you know, there could be a minute of air of there. But just to be clear, so the state says 945, which gives them 38 minutes, and the drive test took 38 minutes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So the defense tried to get the judge to allow the jury to go on a field trip to drive mm-hmm. up there. They desperately wanted them to see those roads to know what that drive looked like, and the judge wouldn't allow it, uh, which was a huge problem, because I think that would have made a big difference. They tried to challenge it, but they had, based on the testimony, the state could say, this fits into a nice little perfect. And it wasn't like, you know, of course they didn't present it of, in the extreme, absolute, perfect, right. possible circumstance, this could work. Instead, they presented it of, look at how this puzzle fits perfectly sure. together. There was
3: 38 minutes.
1: Sure. And
2: that's exactly how long it takes to make that drive.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, a couple of things that come to mind really quick are are the, the test drives, the test drive you took, the test drive the detective took. Are, did you take them at the same time of day? Do we know anything about that? I mean, was it taken where you, was your test drive taken at night? Yeah, I've, I did three test drives. So I did one okay. during the day on a
1: weekend. I did one during the day during the week. And then I did one about 945 at night, thinking that'd be pretty close to the time. Um, that was on a – I think that was on a Sunday night even. Um, and it was and, – and and my – where I drove to was I didn't – I hadn't found this map yet where they showed the actual cover from the guard test. I just read the towers are have good signal for two miles, max range of five miles. So I took where the tower was and made a circle five miles and took a spot on, on where Highway Monterey or Highway 111 comes up and was like, that's the – closest point he could hit the tower and drove to there. And it was the one at night, I want to say, was 52 minutes. And, and I was moving as fast okay. as I could. But it's actually it's actually a little further. Well, no, it's, it, it would take – I think it would take about the same time, maybe another minute just because of the way the angle's cut. It's hard to explain. Um, but i said say there's no way under 50 minutes. And, and again, this isn't like – my issue with it is I know that I was driving as fast as I could. I was uncomfortable driving that fast, especially at night on the switchbacks. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, um, that's
3: so. T- that's yeah. So the, the dirt
1: road was nothing. I mean, that's just damaged your car, right? And it's hard to hard to get going very fast. But the switchbacks on the mountain are like at night. No way. Like there's just there's just no way. So and when and when his time comes in fourteen minutes faster than mine, mm-hmm. I I just have real issue with it. I have a I have a real hard time believing that because like I said, I've done it and. Now if he came back and was like and he's familiar with the roads and he has all this training and he was driving the right vehicle and he's like, well, it took him fifty-two minutes, it took me forty-eight minutes, I'd buy that. Right. Forty-five minutes, but but 14 minutes faster just seems super duper unlike. And I, I I if you Google, if you go into Google Maps or Apple Maps and punch those locations in, it will it will give you a time of forty six minutes. Right, and that's not accounting okay. for the road conditions in Pinion Pines.
3: Emmett, Emmett in the chat, hi Emmett, is saying, "Do is there video for the police test drive? Like, was part of their test mean that they have to sort of account for it in that way?"
1: I, I don't believe so. There is, uh, there's audio. I don't have audio, but there's a transcript. And and, and to be to be perfectly uh, upfront, I haven't read through that yet. I haven't time to get had time to get through it. But there is an audio transcript of what was going on during the
2: drive test, hmm. uh, which tells me that there should be an audio so is recording. There, mm-hmm. Is there any reason between the day of the murders, the day of the detective's test drives, the day of your test drives, if any traffic patterns could have changed that would have affected that or or roads being built or not built or stop signs being put in, any, anything that could have changed that timing? Not, not that I'm aware of, no.
3: Okay. Uh OK, so I'm jumping around a little bit, but Valeria says, is there any evidence? We know there's no evidence of text messages at this time. But what about calls from Becky to Robert before the call from Robert at one thirty? I know you started uh, at a certain point when you were giving the records and you said that you had yeah. stuff before and after um, some curiosity about who initiated contact. Um and also back on
1: Wednesday night
3: exactly right was there was there yeah. a call from Becky was there something before the call at 1 30 a.m. that Robert made to Becky on Wednesday night and also uh, any indication that they could have been in touch via something like Myspace?
1: uh I, I looked through the records I if I if memory serves Becky's records go back to the first of September. Roberts only go back to the 15th. I think I might have those backwards but I'm pretty sure that's right. um and I in Becky's I went back. Uh, at least several days before that and didn't see any communication with Robert. So it looks like he just called her out of the blue. As far as something like MySpace, we do know that she communicated on MySpace. That'll come up later. Okay. Uh, she messes people on MySpace. So it's definitely possible that that happened, but I haven't seen it. From what we have right now, it looks like Robert initiated that
3: contact. Got it. Uh, And earlier, uh, Caroline asked in the chat. And uh, do we have Janelle and Claire's records? I believe I may have asked that last week. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. What we what we heard were those are the people whose records we have. Annoyingly.
1: yeah. There's just eight sets.
3: Okay. Uh, Kathy says this is very reminiscent of the Adnan case. Agreed with cell phone tower. And I thought at this time cell phone pings were not considered to be accurate enough to use in a case as evidence of committing the crime. What made this case different?
1: I, I don't know. I, I was a little confused by that question. I don't know if they, if it means that there was like, you know, like um like hair comparison was deemed junk, junk science. I don't know if that was the case. I hadn't heard it. But I mean, they used it in this case. Uh, they leaned heavily on it in this case. They had to. So I, I I don't know the answer to that. Why it was why it was able to be used. Um, I'm not aware of it not being able to be used.
3: I do, but I had the same question because I did remember. I feel like I've heard conversation whether or not it should be allowed. I feel like we've heard conversation from people who are like, I'm very skeptical of building a case on cell phone pings. Like if you're, if what you're building on, yeah. it's kind of like, it is like the Anon thing where it's like, well, I know it seems like we're building on cell phones, but if you take the cell phones, that corroborates this. And if you take that, that corroborates a cell phone and everything corroborates everything else. And it turns right. out that the reason it corroborates is because everything was built on the cell phone pings. So J. yeah, right. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
1: yeah. You, you know, What I I can say – I don't think it was just like outlawed being used because if that was the case – so like cases where someone was convicted based on hair evidence – like like hair comparison, like those cases that was like that, that was allowed to be re- like to come back up for review because it was con- deemed junk science. And that hasn't happened with cell phone evidence. And we continue to argue cell phone evidence in Adnan's case. So I don't know. There may have been something like that, but I don't think it was like outlawed. But but one thing that I want to point out is like the incoming versus outcoming is a big deal. And just based on social media, what I've seen and some of the questions that come in, I think people still aren't getting that. Like, that's not like, yeah, well, these are just not as good as these but you could still use these and how can you just – like it's a huge deal. Incoming calls cannot be – it's not like they're just not as reliable. Right. They cannot be used for for uh, location data. Like in Adnan's case, he had an incoming call just a few minutes before the the, the Lincoln Park ping – that pinged off a tower in Washington D.C. because of some way. Because some, some kind he of had switch a
3: helicopter,
1: <laughs> right? The whole helicopter thing, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, there's like these switches and things that work that I don't understand. But it, but again, like like you you cannot use incoming calls for location. Period. Because people a lot of the whole like Tower Five Twenty Three, Verse Seven Forty Five. Like, well, I don't see how that could be possible. How could Robert be up here and he could be down there? It's like you're not you're not with respect. You're not hearing me. Roberts were incoming calls, which means he could have been anywhere. Right. He didn't even have to be, and this is going to be crazy to understand. From what I understand, he didn't even have to be in range of Tower 745 because he didn't answer it. You can drag, it's called dragging. Mm-hmm. You can drag a signal, and he never initiated it by, you know, he never activated by answering the call. So Tower 745 sent it off to his phone to voicemail, but without him answering it, like that's not reliable at all. Right. is an incoming call. And that was, by the way... And we believe ex-
2: Elevation played part with that, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and we'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, and by the way, their own bulls, their own cell phone expert... Now, he didn't say on the stand, you have to read what he said, he didn't say incoming calls can't be used for location, but he was explaining how when incoming calls come in, they're just bouncing off towers, just looking for where they might be able to find the phone, and then when it connects to the phone... You don't use that for location. What you need is the terminating tower if they answer because once you answer, now instead of the fo- the tower looking for your phone, now your phone's looking for a tower. Got it. And it will connect to a closer tower.
3: That's like the best I've ever heard that explained, by the way.
1: Yeah. Well, and I could be c- completely wrong, by the way. <laughs> but that was that – was, that was, that was, I'm not an expert. Great. So throw Ian all Patterson's that away. probably like, cool, cool, Bob, cool. You idiot. Great, great, great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But – uh, but be, because he didn't answer the call it didn't it didn't connect to another tower so it's it's useless information and una- especially an unanswered incoming call is not reliable for it's it's i we say not reliable like it's just not re- i can't stress enough it's useless an, yeah. an unanswered incoming call is useless for location data if it wasn't it wouldn't have showed a non-Syed in Washington DC 10 minutes before he's in Baltimore.
3: Right. And so uh, Teresa in the chat is just confirming, yet they did use that in 2018? Like they went ahead and yep. just used that anyway. Ugh, yeah.
1: Okay. So let me, let me explain. It. So yet not only do they use they use it not only in this case, they use it in all kinds of cases. And, and 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 I think a big failure on the part of the defense here is they didn't call a cell phone expert yeah. to refute it. And this stuff's complicated. I don't think the other lawyers understood it. They took them at face took it at face value. They had an expert saying, "Well, it could be because of elevation." And they were. And it, you have to read the testimony to see like this is this is rough, people. I mean, this is not them saying here's the evidence that proves what happened. It's like here's some evidence that if you squint your eyes, makes it possible for something maybe to have happened.
3: Mm hmm mm-hmm. uh uh okay that there were some questions from Amanda too about this idea of of you know just cell phone towers accuracy differing from what they were like in in two thousand and six. um I don't know if you want to touch on that further, but that's just sort of the general question about accuracy, sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'll touch on it because one thing I know I've heard from Malt, not just people that are connected to the case and family. I've asked other people around when I was in in the, the the Coachella Valley because I had been told this by several people. I've been told by multiple people that the area around James Workman School where the paintballing happened was a dead zone, complete dead zone for cell phones. Uh, okay. That gets brought up at trial because they see the one tower that I mentioned that was uh, like across the highway, but because of elevation still kind of covered it, that it it has a big hole right there. But Tower 88 is pretty close to it. What you have to realize, the device that was used, and I don't remember the date when the GAR testing was done, when the drive test was done to, to build those maps that I have up on our website. But I know that device was invented in 2015. So the device was invented nine years after this happened. There were massive upgrades to the system over that time. So no, as far as I know, like, like that's not accurate. And I've had a few cell experts that have written in about that. They're like, well, how can they... How can they use data from a 2016 drive test for 2006 towers? Like the technology completely changed over that time, you know, by, 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 by 2016, we're, we're operating on 4g that didn't even exist in 2006. So So that's there's another that's another problem.
3: Yeah, let's let's get into some of these. Yeah, because this is this is where we sort of dig into some of the the more technical um, thoughts that people had. They get a little longer, too, because there's more to sort of break down. So um, bear with us for a second, because I want to get into Christina's. Question. She says, I'm interested to know the start and end locations for both the law enforcement drive test and Bob's drive test. On this week's episode, it seemed like Bob realized that the tower Robert's phone connected to at 1023 was actually even further from the crime scene than he thought. So how does this affect the drive test? I also wonder how it compares to where law enforcement started and stopped. I'm struggling with how the times are so vastly different.
1: Yeah. And that's I mean, I kind of covered that already. And and the big answer, Christina, is. I don't know. And I'm not being coy here. I cannot imagine a world where any normal person could make that drive in 38 minutes. I don't know.
3: Okay. Jason says, would the Cathedral City Tower have had line of sight to Robert at any point along your drive test? Line of sight appears to extend tower range. And also, are the towers Robert's phone used to call Sarah known? I'm wondering how far he would have had to go from the earliest possible pickup point of the Cathedral City Tower to be within range of the next tower.
1: This is the best. This is the question I was telling you about that got me really thinking. First of all, the line of sight thing. No, it's it's down in the valley. You can see on this on the map, even in whenever they did that drive test. It doesn't reach out any further. There's just there's just too many obstructions there. But what a great question. So what's the state use, right? They use, they hit this tower, and then this tower, and then this tower. And therefore, they're moving towards the crime scene. We have, so the story is, in the state's theory, that Christian leaves from his house. So imagine, for those of you that are watching, you can see what I'm doing. But they leave from his house, which is in the north, head south, pick up Robert, continue south, and then to the west, up the mountains to the crime scene. Then Christian and Robert drive back down the mountain and go head back up north, and then he drops Robert off the tower. Christian and and Robert and Christian's story is after they went down to the church, they went back up by Christian's house. They were up by James Workman School, which is all up north of town by Tower Eighty Eight. They say then they finally decide, you know, or when they're done screwing around with paintball or whatever, that they get the, gets a text from Marty. They drive down to the gas station, get the chapstick, and then drop Robert off. So. If the state's theory is accurate, that means that they left the crime scene, drove all the way down up from the south end of the valley, past Robert's house, up to Tower 88, which was by Christian's house. And then 20 minutes later, the answer to your question is he calls Sarah off Tower 707, which is the tower back by Robert's house.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So what the – using the state's logic – what the towers are telling us is he's up north at 1023 up by Christian's house and was moving south to 707 to to get to drop Robert off where he calls Sarah at 20 minutes later. So I think it's exactly 20 minutes later, which is what Robert and Christian say happened. For the for the state's theory to work, that means that for some reason when they left the crime scene, instead of dropping Robert off, they went past Robert's house all the way up to Christian's house, and that's an easily 10 minute drive, which would mean it'd be enough time for him to get there, turn around and come right back down to Robert's house to drop him off when where he then gets out and calls and talks to his girlfriend. So I'm not here to say like the state did, like that, that's impossible, but I just, but, but the, the question got me thinking about the, about the logic of that. Why, why would they go back to Christian? If Christian's driving and he had picked Robert up at his house, why would they drive all the way back to Christian's house, which is in the north end of town, just to turn around and drive back down to Robert's house and drop him off. Right again. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's another thing that that does connect dots with what Robert and Christian say happened, and and throws a little kink into what the state says happens. Got it. So good good question. Yeah. I don't know if that made did that make sense, or was I just rambling?
3: I think it. I think it did. I mean, again, it seemed like the the takeaway is it could have happened. They weren't concerned with whether it could have happened or not because it didn't really fit their narrative. But it's very odd. But it also matches what the defendants said happened in a in a way that's right. cleaner and makes more sense with their storyline than what the state was sort of presenting, right? Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because because yeah. So now in the state's world, they left in a they they you know we have the extreme ends of when he made the call and when the body was lit on fire. They're immediately in a car, drives faster than any human can drive, and is going so fast, they drive right past Robert's house all the way up to Christian's house, call and check voicemail, and then quick turnaround, then drive right back down to Robert's house and drop him off so he can talk to his girlfriend.
3: Well That actually t- takes us quickly back to uh, that early part of Christina's question, which was the start and end location. So the start location is the house, and the end location right. is presumably Christian's house? No, the, it's, it's, uh, it's
1: the intersection of Date oh, Palm and Ramon. Okay. So, if you look, for those of you that looked on the map that look at the coverage area of Tower 88, um, you'll see there's a little piece that, that little nipple that sticks down at the south and it reaches right down to that intersection. And if you look at those, those maps too, you'll see there's circles drawn. That's like where the tower's meant to, like, that's the, like, the good coverage area. The, the rest of it are extreme reaches of the tower. So, that's the, the, the furthest point they were possibly able to get a signal was uh, on Tower 88 was, was Ramon and um, Date Palm, which is, the, you know, there's other places, but that's the that's the closest place they could have gotten to.
3: Gotcha.
2: And, and that's just saying that they were lucky enough to just happen to do it at that exact point. Right.
1: Yeah. Or unlucky enough. Yeah. Or I guess I guess lucky enough. But the other thing I want to point
2: out, and I'll, I'll try
1: to have it posted by then. I don't, we're leaving in the morning, so I may not get it up, but. I did take all of the five different cell phone coverage maps, and I built a layered file on Photoshop so you can see, like, the whole valley. Hmm. And one thing that was shocking to me, even in two thousand after 2015, when the drive test was done, in a highly populated area like, like Palm Springs, there are massive dead zones throughout the valley. Like, I would say 20% of the valley has... Z- now, these are all Verizon towers, which is what they had. But if you have Verizon... Like I'd say twenty percent of the valley, you have zero service in, which is which is crazy to me. So I can only imagine what it was like because they. And I'll, I'll tell you this too: Robert's phone being out of service is not like when you look through the rest of his records, which we'll get into more of them later. Like every single day, there's periods of time where people are calling him and there's no service. Yeah which could either be it's off or it's just in one of those dead zones in the valley.
3: There's I've, I've made the drive from LA to Arizona where I'm from many times. And a lot of it goes, you go, you can go past Palm Springs and Palm desert and cathedral city. And Uh that is a time at which I always tell people like I'm traveling. You may not be able to reach me. It's patchy. Like it's there's, it's very inconsistent. um, Is that interstate 10 you take
1: down Mm -hmm. through there?
3: Yeah. But even if, but if you go any direction off, grid to like do anything at all then it's really then it's like totally unreliable that's been my experience anyway
1: even 10 is surprising because it's a you know it's a it's a interstate oh yeah yeah. 10 has
3: tons of black holes
1: and in the whole valley there's only two spots where there's cell coverage on 10 on the highway it's weird
3: it's nuts Uh okay, Christina also says, what do you make of the coverage areas for five two three that reach all the way over to highway seventy four Did the state try to argue that played into the location at all that they could have picked up five twenty three and been on the way up to the mountain?
1: Yeah, so and and I'll try to break that. so seven tower seven forty five is the tower that is up the highway towards the towards Pinion Pines. So it's like halfway up the mountain before it starts making switchbacks and disappears around the corner up by the big country club up there. That's the really high tower. That's 745. forty-five five. So it's west of town, southwest of town. Tower 523 is the one way east of town right by Interstate 10. And they talk about line of sight. And, it, and the way I said it in the episode was their, their expert literally made the same argument as me in reverse. Hmm. So I was looking at the calls where you have calls within minutes of each other, like within two or three minutes of each other, where Christian's making an outgoing call connecting to tower 523 way east of town. And Robert gets unanswered incoming calls right around the same time that are, that show tower 745 way west of town. And they talk about the elevation, and they talk about the elevation in the way that, you know, the line, because of line of sight, you can get a signal further away because of the elevation, and that Tower 745 is really high. And so the argument that I was making was, well, if they're traveling east or northeast headed back towards Christian's house, Christian makes a call he connects to 523 because, again, it's an outgoing call which will grab the closest tower. So it grabs tower 523, but Christian or uh, Robert has incoming calls and they say tower seven, they came from again, that's not his phone doing it. It came from tower seven forty-five, which is the one up the hill. So I surmise that because tower seven forty-five is so elevated, there could be a line of sight down into the valley, even though he was 10 miles away, where it could he could it could still hit his phone from there. Their, their expert made the argument in reverse and said, Well, what if? they, Robert and Christian, are going up the hill. So now instead of the tower Ah, being elevated, they're Mm -hmm. elevated. So they could catch Tower 523 way over on the east side of the valley. They could catch that because they're elevated. And in the drive test, it shows some spots on 74 beyond Tower 745 where they could get a connection to 523 way back down in the valley. Okay. But there's, (laughs) first of all, Let's go back to what I was harping on earlier. You have outgoing calls compared to incoming calls. Outgoing calls connect to the closest tower, typically, unless there's some weird event. They connect to the to the closest tower. So he's con- Christians connected on outgoing calls to 523. That where they show spots where there is line of sight to 523. Look on that map. Look at the scale at the bottom. It's like 15 miles away. When they say the max range of the cell towers are five miles hmm. without obstruction, so. 15 miles away, when he's one mile away from Tower 745, I don't buy it. But that's, a, yes, it did play a role. They made the argument in reverse. They, they theorized they must have been driving up the mountain. And for some reason, the incoming unreliable calls, unreliable location calls to Robert's phone were hitting the correct tower that they were right next to, where the outgoing calls from Christian were hitting the tower Way over on the other side of the valley, fifteen miles away, because they were elevated. In case you can't tell from my tone of voice, I disagree.
3: Right, Uh, Brienne. This we've sort of covered this already, but Brienne also had the same kind of observation about you know like two G, for example, two G to four G progression, which you touched on. um, Self service being drastically different than ten plus later's, ten plus later's, really (laughs) ten years later plus. While uh, looking for evidence, and so you know. Uh, if you have shoddy service now, there's no way it would have been better. Then there's just not a lot of scenarios in which your cell phone right. service gets worse. And, and I, I agree with that. I wish before. I could speak intelligently
1: about okay. it and really know the difference. Um, I may have Ian because Ian did say he would help with location stuff. I just because of the trip to Memphis, I haven't had time to go over with him. But but he may come on. He he may talk to me and say you're completely wrong, Bob. That's all ridiculous. But um, I. I consider myself to be pretty knowledgeable about cell phone location data because of the year of work I did on it on Anand's case and sat in a courtroom and watched some of the world's top experts, uh, cell phone experts, explain all this mm-hmm. in, in Anand's case at the, at the hearing in 2016.
3: Okay, I've got Ed's question. Um, like, now I'm confused if this is what we've covered already. <laughs> I'm really bad at the cell phone stuff. I just want to own that. And I represent (laughs) any and all listeners like me who are the juror who would be like, oh, crap, I really need to understand the cell phone stuff um, because it has nothing to do with human psychology. And (laughs) I know it's technically evidence, but it just doesn't feel like hard evidence the way hard evidence feels to me. Uh but Ed says concerning Bob's drive east to Highway 10 and back to Christian's dad's house theory from the episode what is the best explanation for the 713 p.m. ping on tower 745 that occurred 3 minutes after ping's on tower 523 I studied tower map exhibit 275 posted in the episode docs which shows the coverage of both towers and I don't understand how Robert and Christian could have pinged anywhere in the 523 coverage and then also pinged anywhere in the blue this is one's pink one's blue Uh, Tower 745 coverage three minutes later, if their goal was to travel, I up the 10 towards the Smith residence. There's almost no coverage for Tower 745 near the I-10, and a few pockets of coverage make no sense for them to have traveled unless they were driving around the block in circles. Do you see a reasonable path for them to have driven east to Highway 10 that is consistent with the Exhibit 275 tower map and cell pings? I mean, like, I zoned out when I was reading that. This is my. This is how yeah. bad I am with the cell phone stuff. I zoned so out. Break. I was like, uh, someone, will, someone will tell me if this is what we already covered vis-a-vis being high versus being low versus everything.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I think we just covered that. Yeah, so that's, that, that's what specific. I got
3: confused about. I was like is this what we just talked about? No, I'm not
1: sure. Yeah. <laughs> to answer his specific question, the 3 Sorry, minute Ed. The, the 3 minute difference. Uh so what he so basically what he's doing, he's looking at the map and they show the two different coverage blobs on the map. There's not a whole lot of spaces where they overlap. So he's like, well, there was a three minute difference. How could you know? How could they still be in that overlap area three minutes later? Uh, and the answer is number one: those that that's like that's a drive test at one time, you know, at a particular time where the, they met. We also have the fact that you can drag towers on the incoming calls. Um, but the other answer to that is stoplights. You've driven through the valley, right, Janet? Yeah. There's there's stoplights there's, everywhere, every block.
3: Yeah, it's a, a yeah, surprising so. number of stoplights.
1: Right, which is one of the reasons why I think it's bananas that they say they could make that yeah. drive in 38 minutes. For like,
3: sure, they feel like they're timed to make sure you're not speeding. So it feels like they're right. timed to make sure you can't drive anywhere fast. That's what I've always thought in the Valley is like, oh, the reason these exist is so that you can't speed. Like, that's the only right, thought yeah. I've ever had is like, oh, this is garan- so This is designed to 15, slow right? you down. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's so, yeah, something I mean, to think they,
1: about. All they got to do is get caught in two lights and they're still stuck yeah. in one of those blobs. But the thing is they don't have to be in one of those blobs because they were unanswered incoming calls so robert's robert's don't it doesn't matter okay that you know that he was connected cuz he never actually answered the phone
3: Got it, Zach. When you hear all the cell phone stuff, like how are you? Do you have the experience that I have, or is your brain tracking it better than mine? I'm just curious.
2: No, there's definitely some times that I get. I feel like I'm lost in a circle, kind of listening to it. But I feel like I'm starting to understand more and more of it. I, I think I would be do a whole lot better if I could visually see it. I a wish I pulled up the
3: map right um, for you you know, this follow it, up because that would helped. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. I wish I had the map running for the follow up just to talk about it. But I, I feel like I understand what Bob's saying. And honestly, because I can see him, and when he started kind of pointing around, it, it makes a little more sense. Because that's that's hard for me is even though you're saying east and west, I, I don't know the actual distance. I don't know quite what it's going on, and, and for that matter, I'm not a cell phone expert. So hearing some of this, just kind of, I'm I'm trying my best to understand it as well. Okay, All yeah, right. and and hopefully I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. But I,
1: no, I, you're I doing a great job.
3: It's definitely not a you. Certain,
1: there's a certain crowd that's like, yeah,
2: let's do this, <laughs> and there's another be crowd. In that crowd. The other crowd is like, "The hell are you talking oh, about?" To be oh, in that crazy. crowd, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. You just said a bunch of numbers back and forth. That's all I got.
3: Oh, <laughs> hats off to all of you who just that are like naturals at that. I'm so impressed. Um, let's dip into the sort of alibi of it all again. And I promised myself I'd never be a person who continued to say the something of it all, and it's just happened. So I apologize to the world. But Kelly says. Could Becky have maybe used a phone booth to call Denny's? I think we touched on that real early on when we were already starting to talk about this mysterious phone call yeah. to Denny's. If she actually had left the house uh, and come back, um, you want to answer that first and I'll give her a second part of her question.
1: Yeah, it's 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 100 percent possible. It's not it's not provable, but there is a self there is a, uh, a payphone. On Highway 74, right near Pinion Pines, right near the fire station. Um, I'm told people would use that a lot because there was no cell service up there. That's a possibility. Of course, we still have the possibility she called from her house. And again, listen, I'm not saying the call definitely happened, but I've seen several discussions on the fan page where it's like, we need to stop using that call as a time. Well, it's not we're not using it as for sure this happened, but it has to continue to be to be considered because what we have is a direct witness says something happened and we have no evidence to disprove that it happened. And because of the, the, the gaps we have there, we can't say that, well, the phone records disprove it happened because they don't. Cause we know, we know that she made six calls from that landline Oof. in a matter of an hour that aren't on the landline.
3: And she could have been making calls in that giant gap that we're all worried about because right. we have no she could have been idea on the phone.
1: They'll she could have been up. on that phone the whole time.
2: Yeah. We'd have no That's
3: idea. It's Uh,
2: yeah, the lack of that is super problematic, especially for the call to Denny's. I mean, that that's just really problematic because we got we have to, you know, we're trying to assume this is there, but if it's, we can't prove it's there or not, whether it's a phone booth or whether it's yeah. at home. And it, I mean, that that's a huge issue. It's not as, and it's not even like assuming
1: it's there. It's just like we have to still consider that it could be there because, again, to, to say that we're going to disregard a direct witness because we can't prove it, but we also can't disprove it. So it still needs to be something considered. That's all I'm going to say is that we have to still consider it as part of the, the realm of possibilities.
3: Which is hard because there are so many strands like that, starting with who the, who the target was, right? I mean, we right. the bifurc- the idea of bifurcating, you have to bifurcate. Now we have to bifurcate there was a call and bifurcate for there wasn't a call and sort of imagine right. both of those scenarios. So it's this tree of information that's like, OK, let's extrapolate that from this. That would mean this. So that follows that thread. But that, if that didn't happen, then this follows this thread. It's a lot.
1: It's like it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book.
3: Very much so. Very much so. Uh, okay. Kelly also says, maybe Robert and Christian turned off their cells to play paintball without interruptions. It would be hard to play with your phone ringing every two minutes. And you've also added that you now have heard that that area was a dead zone anyway, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been – so Robert – now, we have to take with a grain of salt it's Robert's mother. Uh, but Robert's mom works at that school. She has worked at that school for years. And as always said, like, like now, like recently there's a tower up where there's spotty service, but it used to always be just a dead zone. And I don't know why, because Tower 88 is not far from there. Uh, So I I couldn't tell you why. But 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 that's what I've been told is that it was spot. There was definitely spotty service there. And there's some support to that in the in the tower that is across the highway that has the great coverage because it's so high that covers that whole area, way bigger area than Tower 88 does, even though it's further away. But even it has a it has a hole right there. At the school, and I'll also point out that if you read the testimony, Tower 88 shows coverage at James Workman School. But when asked on the stand, the guy who ran the GAR device didn't drive back there. So uh-huh. it's it's like one of those deals where, well, I have to- I have I have signal here, here, and here. So I'm just going to fill in everything. So in between.
3: the so the defendant's alibi location was not something that was important to verify. Service in. cool.
1: I definitely Seems get a like you would. I definitely quick. get a we're not looking for bad evidence by. Yeah,
3: you don't want to look at what might
1: from this case. Mess you like up. like like how critical is that? They have both said that they spent the, at the time of the murders they were back behind James Workman School playing paintball.
3: Right. They also said they turned their phones off. So it would have the same result either way, I guess.
1: I don't think they said they turned it off. Oh,
3: their they didn't? Off. Oh, okay. I thought that yeah. they said they turned it off because they were tired of her Calling them, but no, maybe... that was just
1: something I was theorizing. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Boy, I'm yeah, glad we, you they,
3: clarified that because I think I had turned that into their testimony. Yikes.
1: Yeah, no, they because we've only heard Robert's first statement and Got in it. his first statement. Remember the the poli- Remember the cop wasn't asking those detailed questions. Right, you know, It was just kind of give me a basic account of your day. But he didn't say either. they may have. We may find right. out later that they, that they say that. But as of now, they didn't say that. Um, I just theorized that I could see that makes sense if someone okay. keeps calling them and they don't want to take the calls they shut them off.
3: Got it. Um, and speaking of what was investigated at the time, Teresa asks what I think is a terrific question, which is, did someone at the time, when they could actually do so, examine the school for remnants of paintball, paint, broken balloons, anything no. at all?
1: No, no record of them doing that. Because
3: he was named as a suspect by her, some of her friends. So that seems like. Yeah
1: you would kind of act that. And the police were definitely, the, uh, it seems like, and you're going to hear an interview this weekend, where it seems like the police were at least really considering Javier for a while. Mm. Um, but it also definitely seems like Robert was a key suspect. So right. yeah, you would have thought they would have went out there and looked like, but I, my guess is they would have found it either way because from my understanding, that's like, especially in 2006, that was a pretty common, not just with them, but it was a place where people went and did that a lot anyway. Gotcha.
3: Um, Teresa also asks, and I know we talked about this a second ago uh, with with Marty, um, just to confirm Marty. We know Marty confirmed sending that text uh, because of the case, because of the case documents or because of the Pape family.
1: No, I don't believe the police ever talked to him from the the Pape family. OK, you know, Marty, Marty confirmed. Yeah, I texted him and said I wanted some chapstick.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Kylie says, did did Christian ever previously attend mass with Robert at Sacred Heart? I'm not sure if he was supposed to go with him or if that's they were that was a uncon, when they were unconnected. Not
1: something. not at Sacred Heart. He has gone to mass with Robert. Sacred Heart wasn't Robert's normal church. Um, and we have we're going to get into when I get back. I'm going to do an episode on it. But um, I had some audio issues with the file for the audio for Christian's interview. And since I'm leaving, that's what I wanted to play. Um, so I'm. Doing something else instead, but I have the transcript. If I can't get the audio, then I do have the transcript of his first interview that I, interview that I read through, and I can say that 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 he said no. Like on occasion, he said Robert was very serious about about going to mass. His mom was very serious about it. That they go every Sunday. If he, you know, with their normal church was earlier in the day because he missed that church that service. He was looking for another one that had an evening mass. And so we called Sacred Heart. So Christian said that he had gone to mass with him before and he was going to go to mass with him that night. Okay. But they tried Sacred Heart and they had missed it already.
2: Can we back up to the chapstick for just Let's a second? Let's go back to the chapstick. Uh, yeah. It, so do they both say, I mean, they they both come out and say that, that there was a text about chapstick to go get chapstick for his cousin. So it the cousin says it and Robert
1: says it. Robert says it. Christian in his interview. And again, it's just, you know, he's kind of rambling about, you know, what they did. And he's like, We went home. He's like, We went to the gas station. And they're like, What'd you go to the gas station for? And he's like, I was getting gas in my like, oh and, and uh it's his cousin his cousin had texted him or something and wanted him to get chapstick and then the family then when when the when they realized his suspect like asked marty about it and he's like yeah i
2: remember that i i asked him to pick me up some chapstick because i was sitting at home and needed chapstick i just feel like that's such a weird thing to make up if it's not true right Mm. Like that, that just screams Mm. true to me. You wouldn't make up, you wouldn't say chapstick if you were trying to make up an alibi that so-and-so asked you to go get something. I just don't see you saying chapstick out of anything. That just screams true. That's a really interesting point. Also point out that it wasn't, when they said
1: it, it wasn't part of an alibi, right? So they, so as far as they know that the whole going to get chapstick was after the murders. So they're just like going through their night and saying, Yeah. And then we went down and got chapstick. And they even say like, you can go down there. They probably have cameras, which by the way, the police did go down and they did have cameras, but they went like two weeks later after the video was, mind you, Robert told them that the day the bodies were found Mm -hmm. and they waited two weeks to go and there was no cameras there anymore.
3: Yeah. Rena just mentioned that in the chat. Um. We ha- uh, okay. We have one last question. That I know we're saving, but I just want to dip real quick into, and maybe I'm opening a can of worms into the chat because Joshua, um, because we started bringing back up this idea of that blank space uh, with mm-hmm. Becky's calls and the 737 time frame. He says that he just kind of keeps kind of circling back, wondering. Bob just put chapstick on, by the way. So that was like when you see someone yawn, you have to yawn. When someone mentions chapstick, Bob has to put yeah. on chapstick. Uh, th- this this sort of suspicion that perhaps that is when something happened, when something big happened. And yes, it's very far separated from the fires, um, and so therefore, does that make any sense? Is he he's just curious? Is anybody else kind of floating around with this idea of like could it could the murders have happened? Or Could the beginning of the big event? been that early on how's everybody feeling about that
1: i think that it it could have been we, when i first read the phone records i'm like okay not necessarily because we we know that the fire the becky we know that becky wasn't lit on fire until at least 9 45 right but it that doesn't mean that the murders couldn't have happened at 7 45 um but i read them and i'm like well probably someone was there at that point someone stopped by And she was busy because she's not on the phone or she's always on the phone, um, which is a possibility. But then we still have, again, you talk about your bifurcations, you have, well, she could have taken a shower for work, you know, and and that was why she wasn't on the phone. She could have taken a nap before work because she works all night. That could have been why she wasn't on the phone. Could have been that somebody stopped by. Or it could have been that she was on the damn phone the whole time and it just didn't show it on the records.
3: Yeah. <sighs> a lot of bifurcations. Um, okay. And then Kylie also says, I'm really interested to hear Christian's interview. Will that be coming in a future episode?
1: It will be in one way or another. So I as I mentioned, i uh, having trouble with the file right now for the audio. So uh, if I can get the file and get it to work, uh, then I'm going to play it because I want I want you guys to hear it. I want to hear it. Um If not, I have the transcript, and I'm and I'm deciding whether I want to just break the transcript down, or maybe get Zach come in to play the role of the officer, and we'll just read it, so you can Mm -hmm. really get a better feel for how it goes, um, with just two voices saying it. uh, So one way or another, Um, so one way or another, yes, you're going to get Christian's uh, version of events um, in his police interview that happened just a few days after the murder. But because that didn't work this week and Zach and I are leaving first thing bright and early Wednesday morning for Memphis, uh, I needed to find something that I could play for you guys to have some, some kind of content. And so this is what I landed on. This is what you're going to get on Sunday. I have, I have Javier's next two interviews after Ooh. his first interview. uh that i'm going to play for you and the reason for and i want to point out we're not shifting to javier not not saying like javier's a suspect we're done with robert and christian it's simply he had two interviews in there that made up enough for for this content they're both pretty clean they're easy to hear because some of them i had some other ideas and i listened to them like oh jesus christ you can't even you can't even hear what they're saying in the in this so i didn't want to put those out so that's what's coming up this weekend Um, so we're going to get more information about Javier. There's going to be a part of it that's going to really piss you off. It pissed me off. Uh, sorry, I didn't do it. Uh, you'll hear about that on Sunday, but we're getting more information about Javier. Uh, and you get to hear him talk a little bit more about the case on Sunday. And with that being said, Everybody, those YouTube chat, think good thoughts, say your prayers, whatever you do uh, for the West Memphis Three hearing on Thursday, because uh, for the rest of you, you'll hear this the day after. Make sure you tune into my social media where I'll do some live stuff to keep you posted on what's happening. Really excited about this. Like, guys, this is a big deal, and you were a huge part of it. You were a huge part of it through the pressure that you put on the DA to push them into lying about the evidence, basically, um, once they – first agreed to test the evidence and then changed their mind. That was all you guys. We've got expert witnesses coming that are funded completely by you guys uh, for buying those shirts. We've already got a few thousand dollars stashed away for DNA testing if the uh, if things go our way. I think things are looking really good. I think the arguments are solid on our side. They're very weak on the defense side. So just really hoping we have a fair judge and things go well. And we'll talk about that in depth in next week's Friday follow-up.
3: Sounds good.
1: Bye, guys. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondering, Edited by Kelly Barron Brink, and all music for the show was created by PutThemInASong.com Our follow-up logo was created by me, and all of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of createdintandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, truthandjusticepod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay wood Ginger Viola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. Financially support the show. The best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com/truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com/truthand Justice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website to truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found in all forms at BobRuffTruth.com Janet can be found at Janet Varney, and Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24 7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269 224 2833. However, you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. As for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver.
3: And I'm Janet Varney.
1: And this has been Truth and Justice.
2: One, two, three, then One, clap. One, two, three, then clap. Or clap One, two, three, on three, then clap. Okay. One, two, three. <claps> we were lined up. Lined up. I'm, I'm going to go different this time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Truth and Justice. Hello, friends. Welcome back to you Truth You can't and do the Joe Rogan open.
3: I I, I vote for ahoy, but whatever. <laughs> I could say hi, friends. Anyway.
2: Should I say ahoy, friends? This week we heard Bob break down. What did we hear when you break down? All the pings. <laughs> <sighs> Kelly, I am so sorry. That's where I was going. I was rewinding in my head. This week, we heard Bob break down all the location data through the case for for Robert and Christian through the case so far. Now, we heard a lot. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of towers going on. I don't know what's happening. This is not a good intro. Fuck. What? What are we talking? Pings. Ginger. 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 Are we done recording? We love you guys. That's how I talk to my dog.
0: You've seen the film. You know the game. Now, Jumanji just got real. Only at Chessington World of Adventures. Featuring Daredevil Dad, Mom on a mission, and the kids who can't wait to ride the world's first Jumanji roller coaster. An epic adventure awaits. World of Jumanji. Only at Chessington World of Adventures. Book this summer's must-do day out at Chessington.com.